0: Amen. Can we give the Lord praise together tonight? So good to be in his house. So good to know him. So good to know one another. Hi, everybody. It feels like a month of Sunday since I've seen y'all. So just so great to see you. Great to see you. Just to give you a quick update. So I tested positive for the flu, and I was feeling much better. just a couple weeks ago on Friday and thought, well, I'm over this. And then um, that evening, I was back in bed with severe chills and uh, that's why I didn't get to make that Sunday I was I was ready to go but didn't get to make it because I you know I'd like you to stay home if you're sick and running fever Uh, that way you don't spread anything and I do the same for you so um, that's what happened and then we headed out on Wednesday to go be with our son and daughter-in-law in in Kansas and had thanksgiving with them and trey and brooke are doing very well they're doing exceptional and i got to meet uh where trey and brooke are going to church their pastor and he did a marvelous job uh, so good in fact that uh, i told him i wanted his notes and he gave me his notes and uh, it was some really good material that i want to get in my spirit and i want to bring to you because i think it's worthy of your time And your attention. So uh, we had a great time. Everybody's doing good. Everybody is is healthy and uh, just looking forward to a new year and what God has in store for us and looking forward to all of TPC getting back healthy. And we will. Amen. We will. We shall overcome. Can I get a witness? Amen. I think you have a lesson tonight. So if you want to get that lesson, you can take that and the Lord bless you. You can be seated if you would like. I want to share with you, I want to share with you tonight what the Bible says about goal setting, goal setting. I want to share with you what the Bible says about setting goals. If you have your lesson, would you look at uh, the, the scripture there? It's in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It's a scripture that most of you know, and here it is. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's what I know. Either you're going to be a conformist or a non-conformist. Either you are going to conform to the values of this world, or you are going to be transformed by the values of God's word. Can I get a witness? And guess what? You have to be intentional about that. Because if you're not intentional, the world will suck you up into its values. You have to be intentional that I am going to allow God's word to transform my mind so that I can be different. Not to be different to just be different, but to be different to make a difference. Does that make sense? All right, here we go. You know, we, we live by values and we live by goals. And if we live by the values and the goals of this world, guess what? We're going to be under constant pressure to perform because the world is all about more. More money, more sales, more growth. So you're going to constantly be under pressure to perform. But if you live by God's values and God's goals, then guess what? You are in time going to reach your full potential. And everybody talks about, in fact, there's a number of books that are out that talk about live your best life. And I'm not opposed to living your best life. But here's what I believe. I believe that our best life is based on goals that serve others not goals that just are all about us I believe that living our best life means that we are going to be a part of something that is bigger than ourselves. can I get a witness all right here's what the world's goals are and I'll tell you real quickly what they revolve around is this the world revolves around four things it's appearance It's affluence, it's accomplishments, and it is approval. And that's what the world revolves around. But God wants us as believers to revolve around something so totally different than that. And if we do, then guess what? We're going to make a difference. So tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk about what the Bible has to say about Setting goals. Here's number one. goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. Here's what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3 and 13 and verse 14. It says this. I know that I haven't yet reached my goal. But there's one thing I always do. Forgetting the past. And pressing or straining toward what is ahead. Paul says this. I keep my eyes focused on the gold. So that I may one day do what? Win the prize. Brothers and sisters. We don't hear a lot about golds. Because we're not sure that setting golds is biblical. Paul lets us know something. He said I have a gold. And I'm striving for that gold. And I'm going to reach the prize when I obtain that gold. So I'm going to share with you tonight that I believe that setting goals is biblical. Paul had a goal. You ought to have a goal of pleasing the Father. Because if you please the Father, you're going to make heaven. I'm not concerned so much about making heaven. That's really not my goal. I want to please my father every day. And I want to be about my father's business every day. Because if I am about his business and I'm pleasing him, then heaven's going to be mine. Does that make sense? Here's what I've learned, ladies and gentlemen, and Hope House men. Listen up. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that we either live by default or we live by design. I'm going to say that again. You either live by default or you live by design. What we do every day matters more than just what we say on New Year's Day. Can I say it again? What we do day in and day out matters more than what we say on New Year's Day. If we do not have clear goals for our life, then hear me. Somebody else is going to decide what you should be doing for you. If we don't have clear goals in our life, we're just coasting through life. And if you coast, you know this, you got to be going downhill to coast. Am I preaching already? If you're just coasting, you're going downhill. Please hear this tonight. If we don't have goals for our life, somebody is already deciding for us. And if you don't have a goal for your life, then guess what? You are throwing your power away and you're just going to drift. And you're not going to live your life on purpose because you have to be intentional. Today, I'm going to wake up at six. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible at seven. I'm going to do such and such at eight by nine o'clock. I want to be here. This is what I want to be doing until noon. This is what is available from one until four. This is what I'm going to be doing from five to six. You say, man, does it need to be like that? Yes, it needs to be like that, because if you do don't design your life you're going to live by default and what happens is so many people say I have so much time to kill and the reason why you have a lot of time to kill is because you don't understand your values and you don't have a lot of goals because when you have values then those values are going to drive your goals and your goals are going to drive your priorities And your priorities drive now your destination and where you end up. Did that just make sense? Okay. Can I keep going? Here's the sad thing, ladies and gentlemen. We will waste our whole life because we haven't clarified what is important. I do this in my office a lot, and I need to bring it to you. Because I'm going to tell you, when my pastor set me down, Pastor Hargrove, when he set me down and he taught me this, it really changed my life. And I don't say that flippantly. I don't say it shallow. I say it with deep meaning. It changed my life. He said, Wayne, what you have to, what you have to learn is what are your values? What are your values? And so I started and he gave me an assignment and I completed that assignment and we started doing some things together. And here is, Here's what I I want you to, I want you to see here. That this, and I'm not a good drawer, okay, but this is like a picture of your life, and you basically divide it into um like quadrants. Okay. Let's just let's just do this to be real easy. So what are my values? My number one value is I want to be a Christian. Okay, that's what I want to be. I want to be a Christian. That's my number one value. So because my number one value is that I want to be a Christian, then what what does that mean? Okay, I I want to be a Christian. Great. Now, what does that mean? It means that I want to pray every day. Okay. so then what does that mean for me? This is just for me. Then I'm up at a particular time and I want prayer to be one of the first things I do because I'm a morning person. And since I'm a morning person, I want to give God my first fruits. Okay, if you're a night person, then maybe that will change, but I'm a morning person. So I'm the most focused, the most clear in the morning. So I want to give God my best. That means I'm praying in the mornings. I'm reading my word in the mornings. I'm reading books in the morning. I'm studying. I'm trying to put things in me so that I can flow out of me to you. Right? So then being a Christian means there's some things that I do and that requires time. In fact, uh, a perfect day for me is at six o'clock till noon. I'm doing nothing but giving myself uh, to this particular value. OK, my second value, and I'm not going to go through all of these. My second value is a husband. I want to be a good husband. And to be honest with you, I I haven't always done a good job with that. And I realized that I could do a lot better. So uh, I started going to counseling to try to become a better husband. And I will continue to go to counseling. I don't see it as weakness. I see it as growth. Okay, and I'm going to share this with you. For you to say, you know what? I don't know how to fix my own car, so I go to a mechanic. I don't look at you and say, you're weak. For you to have a tooth problem and say, man, I don't know how to fix my tooth, so I'm going to go to a dentist and I look at you and say, man, you need to be strong. I, I just don't buy that. Right. If you have a heart problem, just take an aspirin, man. You'll get to feeling better. I don't buy that either. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with taking an aspirin, but you might want to go see a heart doctor. And I'm going to I'm trying to break down walls that are in the Pentecostal ranks that say if we seek counsel, we're weak when he is the mighty counselor. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to try to break down some walls. If you need some emotional help, go seek it. Go find it. It's worth your investment. It's called growth. Can I get a witness? Are y'all still with me? So there are things that I do now for my wife. And then there's other values. So what happens is, is I have five values. Okay. And what happens is, is by the time I'm done meeting all of those values, I don't have a whole lot of time for a lot of other things. Which means I enjoy playing golf, but I don't get to play it about four times a year. Don't feel sorry for me. It's no big deal. It's just I'm choosing to do other things with my time. It's not a value of mine. Does that just make sense? Okay. So I'm going to come back to this a little bit later um, and explain a little bit more. Number two, what I want to tell you about goals is I believe that goals are faith statements. I'm going to say that again. I believe that having a gold is a faith statement. A lot of people think, well, isn't a gold like a business thing? You set certain cells, you know, you want to reach these cells or isn't it an athletic thing? Here's what I say. I believe that a gold is a statement of faith. In other words, if you're a believer in Christ and you set a gold, what you're saying is this. I have the faith. To believe that God wants me to accomplish certain things by certain times in my life. Okay, I can tell this is not really going over very well, but I'm going to keep talking. Here's what the Bible says that without faith, ladies and gentlemen, it is impossible to please God. So listen, if you don't have any goals, you don't need any faith. And if you don't need any faith, then it's impossible to please God. You gotta be willing to take a risk. You gotta be willing to step out there. Can I get a witness? You say, okay, pastor, I'm following you. I'm with you. What if, what if I don't know what I want? What if I don't know what I want, pastor? Then how can I set goals if I don't know what I want? Then take some time. Come and see me. I have an exercise I'll give you. Take some time to decide and determine what your values are. Because then, based off of your values, is how you can set your goals. Does that make sense? Okay, then here's the next thing. That's the first thing that I would recommend to you. Come see me, I'll give you a little exercise that'll help you. The next thing I would recommend to you is ask yourself three questions. Number one, what makes me cry? What makes me cry? Okay, figure that out. What makes you cry? What do you cry about? When you see it, what do you cry about? Okay. number two, what makes me laugh? What makes you laugh? Now, I'm going to just share with you what makes me laugh. When I have people come up and tell me about how God has transformed their life, almost inevitably I laugh. You say, why? Because it brings me great joy. I love to see life transformation and it brings me great joy. Okay. now you ask yourself, what makes me sing? What makes me laugh? What makes me cry? What do I get angry about? What I get angry about is I hate struggle. I literally hate struggle. I hate to see anybody struggle. I hate to see you struggle spiritually. I hate to see people struggle emotionally. I hate to see people struggle financially. I literally hate it. So what do you do? I try to bring you teaching that will help you. What do you sing about? I sing about when I feel like I've added value to someone and someone comes up to me and says, thank you for that message. That message has really helped me. I go home singing. Why? Because I feel like I've added value. Does that make sense? Okay, almost. I'm not just telling you this just to tell you. I'm just sharing with you my heart tonight. Probably every message I have at least a minimum of eight to 10 hours in every message that I speak for 30 minutes. You say it just comes out of you because I'm putting it in me. You can't, you can't pour out what you haven't put in. It's time. You got to invest time. What you, you, you can, you can earn more money, but you can't make more time. That's why time is your most precious commodity. And if you do not decide how you're going to invest it, somebody else will decide for you. Is this making sense? So, golds are faith statements okay so let's i'm gonna make a statement here you've heard it before i am wanting to see this church reach 600 disciples by 2030 that's seven years that's a big task that is a big task because you have people dying you have people moving out you have people leaving so you gotta you gotta you gotta consider attrition the attrition rate of all that happening Right. In seven years, what is that going to take to overcome those who are dying, those who are moving, those who are leaving to run 600? It's a big task, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to take a lot of work. That's why I just not with prayer. I just can't do this with prayer. I know we have taught you to pray about everything and we should pray about everything. But I want to teach you do more than just pray about it. Have a system, have a plan and work that plan. I know this is not spiritual. It doesn't sound spiritual, but it actually is spiritual. We've all relied on Pentecostals relied on spirit, 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 spirit. And here's what I've said: if we could get the systems of the Baptists and the spirit of the Pentecostals, we may be able to get this bird off the ground. Are you with me? This is why I prayed and God has brought me someone, brought us someone that can help us with systems because it's not just about a goal, ladies and gentlemen. It is about a system in order to carry out that goal and you don't change overnight you don't change we we've taught you to come to this altar pray a prayer god to forgive you and your life is going to be all that in a bag of chips and i'm telling you that is simply not the truth god can transform you in a moment through justification but we don't change in a moment our spirit became regenerated and we were filled with his spirit and we were born again. But how long? Yeah. Let me pause and ask you this question. How long have you been working on yourself to get better? Two minutes, two weeks or 20 years? Years. Here's what what, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that a goal requires baby steps. You break it down. Again, I'm not trying to talk about myself, but I made a goal two years ago to go through the ESV study Bible and literally read it from cover to cover. And I saw how many pages that it was. It's close to 3,000 pages. I divided that up with whatever 30, 365 plus 365 is, divided it up, said, I, I, I've got to read so many pages a day. And I'm happy to tell you, come December 31st, I'm going to be through that Bible. I've read every note, every word, every page. That's not to brag. I'm not bragging. I'm trying to tell you that what I'm getting up here to tell you, I'm practicing what I'm preaching. How do you eat an elephant? You eat it a bite at a time. See, and you can look at this book and say, man, there's no way I can ever get through this book. Yes, you can. If you break it down in a day to day goal, you can get there. And that's how you change. God changes you. Not because he couldn't change you overnight, but you can't handle change overnight. Am I making sense. So, so here's what I'm saying. I have a goal. We have a goal of reaching 600 disciples by 2030. That's seven years. Now me and brother David and others are strategizing. How are we going to do that? We know that what got us here is not what's going to take us to the next level. Are y'all okay? So let me just throw this in here since I'm here. I'm going to just tell you right now, the number one reason why churches don't grow is pastoral care. That's the number one reason. You I know it's hard for you to believe, but it's the level of care. When a church looks to the pastor and says, only the pastor can care for me, then it hinders the level of growth. Because one man can only be at one place so Okay, I hope this is getting into your spirit because I don't mean it. I don't mean it other way anyway, but just kind. Here's the deal. What happens is, is that we become selfish and the pastor becomes our personal caregiver. And it ceases, it ceases to be about the mission and it becomes about me. I pay ties. He should take care of me. I do this for the church. He should do this for me or she or whomever. Right. And I understand that level of thinking. But a greater level of thinking is how many people can we take to heaven with us? And how many people have the gift of caring in the sanctuary, in the house that can care for people? That's not me trying to shuck my job. I love caring for people. I can only care for so many. But when we understand, you know what, that somebody else other than the pastor can care for me and I'm okay with that because I do believe the pastor's doing his job. Then guess what? We can start getting towards 600. But if you don't, if you don't, if you don't buy into that. It don't matter how much I want it. I saw my dad and this is going way different than what I thought. I saw my dad break his health. I watched him break his health. I watched my dad break his health and I watched him become very depressed and sleep for days, months on end. I was a young teenager. I didn't understand what was going on. Didn't have a clue. My mom nor dad talked about it. I didn't know. I know now. I know exactly now what happened. My dad was trying to take our church somewhere that it didn't want to go. And he was such a strong personality that he made up in his mind. I'm going to take this church there, whether it wants to go or not. It didn't want to go and he broke his health over it. Ladies and gentlemen, it didn't matter how much God wanted his people to get into the promised land. If they didn't want to go, guess what? Who didn't show up there? It's just that simple. I can I can bust my head against the sheetrock all day long trying to get De Quincey to go somewhere it may or may not want to go. I'm here to tell you I'm not going to do that because I saw my dad do that. I'm simply going to present to you God has placed in my spirit to reach 600 people. And I can't do it without you. But together we can do it. And we can take as many people to heaven with us as possible. But it's not a one-man band. Can I get a witness? So let's stop saying, oh, guess what? We're just a small town. Let's stop saying that. Let's start saying, guess what? We can help change the world from right here. We can help change the world locally, regionally, and globally. You say how? Well, locally through our own testimony and our own light. Regionally through the same. And globally through our finances as we support many missionaries. I would love for this church, for God to raise up in this church a missionary that we support. And they never have to come back here and beg for money. But because of your generosity and because of your vision and because of you understanding the mission. We can raise up missionaries and support them and put them in their field of labor, knowing they're not having to come back and beg for money because we have a bigger vision than beggars. Are you with me? Okay, let's stop saying I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not smart enough. Let's stop all the arguments. Can I get a witness? Let's stop all the arguments and start saying, if God be for us, then who can be against us? If God is with us, then let's trust him. Let's believe big things. By the way, a difference between a gold and a dream is a deadline. Say that again. A difference between a gold and a dream is a deadline. Here is a dream. Oh, I wish I knew how to play the piano. Oh, I'd get anything to learn how to play the piano. Here's a gold. I'm going to learn old MacDonald has a farm by December 31st. Here's a dream. Okay. So what a dream sounds like. Oh, I wish I could give $10,000 to missions, man. I, if I won the lottery, I'd give 10,000 to missions. Here's a gold for the next 10 years. By God's help, I'm going to give $1,000 a year to missions. And then by 2033, I will have given $10,000 to missions. That's a goal. See the difference? Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 9, 29. It's in your notes. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Some of you are going to say, why 600? Why not 1,200? Others of you are going to say, why not 350? Because I, I can't base it off of your faith. I had to base it off of my faith. According to your faith. So be it done unto you. Okay, I want you to look at Matthew 8 and 8. This is very important. This is key here. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be made whole. Right. Guess what? How, 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 how is that possible? Because you, 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 you see that very rarely in scripture. You don't see that level of faith. I'm going to tell you how it was possible because this man understood authority. He knew that when he spoke, things happened. So since he had that kind of authority, he didn't think it odd for Jesus as God's son to have that kind of authority. (laughs) See, when you know who you are, you're going to step out and you're going to start claiming things. You're going to start speaking things in faith. But the reason why you're not doing it is because you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. See, this is why I'm going to come back to you and start teaching again on kings and priests. Kings are to have dominion and priests represent God to the earth. Come back and and, and try to get you to get a revelation of who you are, because when you realize who you are, you don't back up. You don't shut up. You don't let up. Right doesn't mean you don't have a bad day. It just means you keep telling yourself who you are. I can do all things through Christ because I reign in dominion as a king and I reign as a priest in the earth. Does that make sense? Have I made sense? Okay, this is why this man could say, just speak the word because I know when I speak, things happen. So I expect when you to speak, things happen. That was his level of faith. Because Jesus was just used to having to go to their house. Because most people don't have that level of faith because they don't understand authority. Because when they speak, most things don't happen because they don't really know who they are. According to your faith, this is where my faith is at. If your faith is at 1,200, well, praise God, I'm going to ride your coattail. But my faith is six. We can do it. We can do it. Here's number three. Goals focus my energy. I only have so much energy, ladies and gentlemen. I only have so much. Goals focus that energy. Goals keep me moving toward a specific direction. Focus, say focus. Focus is the key to life. Paul did not say these 50 things I dabble in. Paul did not say these 50 things I dabble in. He said this one thing I do. See, I know you've heard this, but I'm going to remind you. The difference between a flashlight and a laser is just focus. It's focused light. A laser can cut through steel. A regular flashlight won't really melt hot butter. But all it is is light. A laser is focused. Jesus said Jesus had a goal. Jesus did have a goal. He said, I must needs go. I must do this. I must be here. He had a goal before the foundation of the world. What was that? He knew he was going to the cross. And he was going to accomplish that goal. Does that make sense? See, the world is full of distractions. Hope House guys, y'all know this. The world is full of distractions. And a lot of things that distract you. And you have to decide. You have to decide. Am I going to spend my life? Or am I going to waste my life? Or am I going to invest my life? Because nobody else can decide that for you. So how do I focus my life? How do I focus my life, Pastor? You go back to your values. Decide what your values are. Behind every behavior, there's a belief. I'm going to say that again. Behind every behavior, there's a belief. The belief is I want to be a Christian. The behavior is I get my tail up and pray. Right? I put that word in me. Why? Because the belief is if I hide the word of God in my heart, I will not sin against him. Behind every behavior, there is a belief. Think about what you're doing. If you're doing certain things, what is the the belief behind it? You're believing that this is going to satisfy you when only the spirit can satisfy you. So if I drink, it's going to satisfy me. It's a lie. You're believing a lie. Behind every behavior, there is a belief. So find out what the belief is, and you can start changing the behavior. Are you with me? Okay. So let's go back. You don't have time to do everything. I'm not called, ladies and gentlemen, to do everything. Here's the good news. God doesn't expect me to do everything. The key to effective life is to know what matters and forget everything else. Okay. Okay. I had a lot pulling at me today, but I said, I can't do that. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll make that call tomorrow. I'll check on this person tomorrow. Why? Because I wanted to be ready and prepared for you tonight. Have I made sense? I'm talking about what does the Bible say about setting goals? That's what I'm talking about. You need to have a focus in your life, because if you don't focus your life, your life will just go anywhere and everywhere and you'll find I've wasted my life. Does that make sense? See, so what I do is as I'm going to try, as, as you will allow me and as you will buy into what I'm telling you, I'm going to keep trying to do more of what God's called me to do and less of what I used to do. I'm going to tell you just really simple how it plays out. God put Jason Langley beside me, not because I could not take care of the minute details of this building, but that's not what God called me to do. God called me to build people. And, and guess what? God called Jason to build buildings. Now we need a building so that we can build people. So they're both important. Important. It's just that's not what God called me to do. He didn't call me to take care of the minute details of the day-to-day operations of building that building. He called me to feed his sheep. That doesn't make me any better than anyone else. It just means I have a different calling. All of us are valuable. All of us are important. All of us are needed. And when every man and woman is in his place, the battle is won. Does that make sense? This is why I'm not called to grow kids in Sunday school. God gave me a sister Janet. And a sister Banken. And others. Why? Because that's their calling. God didn't call me to lead worship. That's why he gave me a sister Kaylee and a brother Jared. Are y'all still with me? Okay. I'm not good at developing systems. That's why God's brought David and Michelle in our life. I could keep going. I could talk about Sissy. I could talk about Lisa. I could talk about Tracy. I could talk about Kevin. I could talk about David. I could talk about Johnny. I could talk about Sister Darty, Brother Darty. I I could talk about almost every one of you. You have your place. And what the enemy wants you to do is not think you're important and not valuable. The only one valuable is me. I'm telling you, that is a lid on our growth. If you think that I am the only one that is valuable because you don't understand who you are and when you get a revelation, you are a king and you are a priest and you are just as valuable as I am in the kingdom of God, then guess what? Some of you are going to rise up and say, you know what? It's important that I show up because God has called me to do this and it's important that I do it well and do it to the best of my abilities. There is so much if you get to thinking about what goes on just on an average Sunday. Sunday morning from the people who turn on the sound and the lights and the AC and people who drive the golf carts and people who greet you in the foyer and then the men that help keep this place locked and secure while we're having church and the teachers that are teaching and the people that are singing and the musicians that are playing. Yeah, right Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just here to tell you that God has great things in store I know God spoke to me that there is a restoration coming of health, of finances, of sons and daughters, prodigal sons and daughters, but guess what one man and one woman can't reap that by themselves can't do it and it's not that I'm trying to shut responsibilities so that I can go play golf every week, I don't care about golf there's nothing wrong with But I don't care about golf. I don't care about fishing and nothing wrong with fishing. My passion is to take as many people to heaven as I can possibly take. But I can't go there and we can't do it without you. But we got to have a goal. And if we don't have a goal, then we just leave it up to the spirit. I believe in the spirit, but I also believe in systems. Systems. you with me? Okay. Remember this, and this is just, I'm going to throw this in for free, but I'll probably stop here. Remember this, life moves at the speed of relationships. That is a very powerful statement. I wish I would have come up with it myself, but it's worthy of you writing down. What do you mean by that? Life is, life moves at the speed of relationships. Here's what I mean by that. (laughs) the more you do what you are good at and the more you bring a team around you that does well at what you're not good at, then the faster and the more effective you can move and make a difference. You know why I was able to spend most of my time in study? Because I have a Jason who's over there caring about the minute details of this building. You know why I was able to do certain things? Because I was able to give Sissy a lot of stuff today. Sissy, I need you to do this. I didn't have to worry about the finances because I got Lisa taking care of that. Life moves at the speed of relationships. And when you understand you're only good at maybe two or three things, And the rest you're not that good at, but I'm going to bring people around me that are good at what I'm not. Then guess what? Because we're a team and it's not a big I and it's a little you. It's the body of Christ. Now, guess what? We can start moving. We can start going somewhere. We can start making an impact. Have you all received this word? All right. Do you all mind if I come back and teach a little bit more on this? Okay, I'm going to go a little bit deeper the next time I come back, because I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just not talk about goals. I'm going to start talking about identity and how your identity shapes you. Okay, because here's the difference. And I'm going to just give you a little nugget real quick there. Here's the difference. Now, it's going to be subtle, but you got to get this. Would you like a cigarette? No, I'm not smoking. Here's the difference. Would you like a cigarette? No, I'm not a smoker. And I'm not picking on anybody that's smoking. It's just easy. I'm going to say it again because it's very different. It's a very subtle difference. Would you like a cigarette? No, I'm not smoking. Would you like a cigarette? No, I'm not a smoker. It's called an identity issue. I identify my identity is I'm not a smoker. So, no, I'm not going to do that. When your identity, when you get your identity involved in your goals, things start changing. When you get your identity involved, In your life and you start identifying, I am a king and I am a priest. And I have goals and my life is focused. Then things start making, things start happening and you start making a difference. You say, pastor, how do I know what goals to make? Go back to your values. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up in the next six minutes. Here's one of the things I teach. I teach values. Okay. Get your values. Understand your values. And then here's the next thing that I teach. Look at your life as a picture. But like a puzzle. And like this is a piece. This is a piece. This is a piece. And this is a piece. And it makes up the whole picture. And then get your spiritual goals. What are my spiritual goals? What does that look like? Okay. Then get your financial goals. What does that look like? Okay. So I don't plan. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't plan on uh, staying at the, it's being your pastor when I'm 75 years old. I have no plan on doing that. Now, if God tells me different, I'll I'll change. But most likely, I'm going to start backing out of here by the time I'm 65 and probably um, totally be backed out by the time I'm 70. Now, if God tells me different, I'll do different. But that's my plan. God wants to change it, he's welcome to. So, what does that mean? That means I don't want to be a financial weight to this church. And there's a certain goal that I have, Janet and I had, that we want to be able to retire on. So guess what? When we have that goal, then we look at how many years of earning we have left, and then what it's going to take to do that on a month-to-month basis. And I'm not going to be able to get to this goal in the next two years. But give me 20 if the Lord tarries, and I'm going to hopefully get there. But you break it down. What does this, this look like? What does your spiritual goals look like? What are those values? What are your financial goals look like? I see myself at 85 at the Lord Terry's. I'm sitting on a porch overlooking Lake Conroe. I'm holding Janet's hand. We We have great relationships. Our kids love us. And if the Lord allows, we've got grandbabies coming, calling us Papa, calling me Papa and kissing me and saying, I love you, Papa. Would you take me out on your boat? My boat, Papa, my boat. And you say, well, you don't know if that's going to happen. No, I don't. But I have a plan for it too. And if God decides to change that, then so be it. Because he knows what's going to make me happier than what I know. But if, you're, if, you, if you don't have, what's the old saying? Somebody help me. It's the old saying that goes, if you don't have a plan, tell me what it is. if 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 you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And brothers and sisters, I can tell in my spirit that this is rubbing some of you the wrong way. Because you just believe you, here's what you've been taught. And I understand that. I'll just leave it all up to God. Just leave it all up to God. Okay. I know that this is rubbing some of you the wrong way, but I'm going to ask you a question. Just stay with me on this logic. If we just leave it up to God, and we know that we have cows, and we know it's going to get cold in the winter, and we know the grass is going to die, then why don't we go bell hay? Why don't we just leave it up to God? Because God gave us a brain and he told us winter is coming and we know that this grass is going to die and so we're probably going to need hay for the winter to keep our cows healthy. That's called common sense. That's just called wisdom. God gave us wisdom. You know what the Bible says? That the children of darkness are wiser than the children of light. Why? Because we just say, oh, well, God's going to do it. Just leave it all up to God. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm sorry. I know this is going against what some of you believe. And I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I just want to give you something to think about. You can walk out of here and you can discount this. You can put this hand out and squish it in the mud. I'm still going to love you. But here's what I know, ladies and gentlemen, God gave us a brain and he wants us to use it. And he's not against us setting goals. He just wants these goals not to be based off of selfishness. He wants these goals to be based off of something bigger than who we are. Based off of service. I want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that you are accepted here. I want you to know that I believe with all my heart that you can go from from you can go from here to heaven in this house because I'm doing my best to teach you the truth and not teach you a fad. But I want you. okay. and I'm going to wrap it up with this. But but I want you. I want you to be healthy in your mind. I want you to be healthy in your body and I want you to be healthy in your spirit. I am not happy for you to just come here and dance on a Sunday and struggle during the rest of the week. I, by the grace of God, want to help you not just to go to the pond. I don't want to just teach you how to fish. Okay, if I give you a fish, I feed you for a day. If I teach you how to fish, I can feed you for a month. But I want to go beyond that. I want to teach you how to own the pond. Not because I'm anything, but I know I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm getting who I am in Christ. And I am going to walk by the grace of God in this authority of who I am in Christ. And we can affect change. From right here, if you can buy in to what this word is telling us, would you stand? Thank you. You've been, you've been, you've been great. Do y'all mind if I do part two of this? Y'all okay with that? Okay, I'm going to come back with part two, and I'm going to come back um, with even some deeper teaching on identity and how identity can help change you understanding who you are what i want you to do right now is i just uh here's here's what i want you to pray i i I actually wrote it down what i want you to pray i want you to pray this tonight if you will i want you to pray this god i give you permission to change me I give you permission to change me, God. Help me to see it the way you see it. I give you permission to change me. Father, I'm I'm not here to dictate what your people think I am here to give them something to think about and I know I can't do it by myself and you didn't call me to drag this church to go where it doesn't want to go but I pray father give us revelation and give us understanding and help us all to want to be a part of something that is so much bigger than all of us so that we can take as many people to heaven as we possibly can and for that we give you thanks and praise sister Kaylee's going to sing and I'm going to just ask you if you don't have to go just don't go just a minute just stand there just a second